Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Culture. Hi guys, welcome to a new winter, Cults and Culture. And today I'm going to be talking about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's the third in the trilogy of Tomb Raiders. There was Tomb Raider, there's Rise of the Tomb Raider, and now there's Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, it's published by Square Enix and Eidos Montreal, and it was released in September 2018. So it's over a year old, and I apologise for that. Some of you guys who are playing uh, um, Google Stadia, uh, this is one of their most recent ones on it, so well done. Um, that's, you know, you've got something out of that at least. And so you might just be playing this right now for yourself, or maybe you're playing it over Christmas if you got it as a Christmas present. Um, so I'm going to talk about it a little bit and tell you what I thought, because it was something that, um, I was looking forward to playing and did I enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Did I think it was amazing? No. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll kind of get into that. So it's actually the 12th main title for the entire series, which when you think about it, it's pretty insane. Um, and this time it's a bit different. So she travels basically through the jungles of the Americas to take on Trinity, who are the big bad corporation. Um, but by doing so, she accidentally unleashes the apocalypse. So yeah, swings and roundabouts. So gameplay wise, it's the same as the previous two installments. It's very uncharted. Uh, which it never seems to really want to shake that off. You mainly grapple, you solve tomb puzzles, you jump around a lot. There's a stealthy action element to it. There's lots of like cool action sequences, but I did, I really felt like these were very minimal compared to the previous two, um, especially in the second act. I really felt like there wasn't really that much taking out enemies. Um, it, was, it was very puzzle heavy, which I think they said they vocally expressed that they wanted to do and that's fine and that's good I did get a bit sick of it after a while but there's only so much I can climb and swing and look at things and whatever and put throw rope around or whatever but um yeah from the actual if you're kind of looking for the more stealthy taking out guards and all this stuff this there's not so much of that and I quite enjoy that a lot more than the puzzles, I think. And I think it had in the last one, it had more of a balance between the two. This one, not so much, but you know, see what you think. So 
yeah, overall it felt a little bit stale gameplay-wise, I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like it added anything new that I was aware of. And there was a couple of bits, like you can, like in The Predator, where he's standing there like cold, like having this like, you know, um, shirt off uh, thing with The Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's like there and he's like covered in mud he's like I hope you can't see me um you can do that now so you can be like that because you're basically invisible when you wear mud uh what we didn't know is that Trinity actually have um this infrared vision stuff heat seeking vision uh, I joke about it but they actually do they have thermal goggles so it does kind of work but um yeah it's still the fact that you're able to like put this mud on and it acts like a like almost like you're invisible it was, it was quite funny but you know fine so that's new um another cool thing they added was that you're allowed to tailor your own difficulty settings in terms of the combat and the puzzles etc so you can have super hard combat and really easy puzzles other way around you can have a nice mixture you can do it how you want to do it and i think you can do it on the fly as well so if you find that you're finding it too difficult generally then you can kind of switch it up as you're playing which is good and i i thought that was a pretty cool idea but at the same time there's that part of me that's like, just give me what you think the experience should be. I've come here so that you can do all that hard work and thinking and I don't have to. Um, but I understand that people like to be very specific and pers- um, personify, personalise things to the nth degree. So maybe that's a big plus in your book. It does that. But yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't know how much more gun-ho you're going to be, to be honest, because as I said, there's not, there weren't really that many sequences that had um, you taking out guards. Maybe they would have put more in had I upped it. I'm not sure, but I don't think it was a frequency. I just think it was a difficulty, but whatever. So uh, the graphics, I have to say, and the main thing, they really pop here. I played it on an Xbox One X and it was probably the best looking game I've played on it, maybe. Um, it's definitely up there at least. Uh, as And to be honest, and so is the sound and the voice acting. I thought all well, that was great. I have to say, I thought... It was a great experience for all the senses, a real treat. Uh, The story was all right as well. It's a lot darker here and rightly so, but I really felt like the actual plot was quite thin, to be honest. And the characters were interesting enough, but completely underused. It was weird. It was like they kind of threw everything on the wall um, and then didn't really know what to do with it all. They just kind of like scraped bits off and went, I don't know, this is a plot, right? So it takes place after uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider where her and her mate Jonah, this big guy, um, are trying to stop Trinity. So they track down a Trinity member called uh, Pedro and it seems like they're looking for something in a nearby tomb. So you venture inside and you see this dagger basically um which apparently has this power to have an eternal eclipse and in the world basically so to stop trinity getting it nara as, as you do takes it herself and quite hesitantly but she still does it so she then gets caught by pedro and he takes the dagger and this is, happens throughout the whole thing she keeps getting caught by the same guys and they just take everything, they take it off her. So she's doing all the hard work, literally, here. So, yes, Pedro's a bad guy. He says he's going to reunite it with this silver box thing, whatever, um, in order to stop this cataclysmic uh, cleansing and instead use the power for himself. Right. Whatever, fine. So as this is all happening, this big tsunami comes in and it destroys the town that they're in and Lara and Jonah escape. And as they try to catch up to Trinity, their plane is taken down in a big storm. And they end up in, I want to say, Paititi, 
um, which is, I'm going to just call it the hidden city. It's a hidden city. So, and I, I always think about stuff like that and they do it on Chart as well, these hidden cities. And it's like, haven't they got, isn't every single square foot of the globe been tracked by now? Like, how can it be hidden? It's out in the open as well. It's not like there's anything covering it and it's not like Wakanda or anything like that. You know, well, there's no technology going on here. How, how come it's remained hidden? Anyway, so they try and track down Trinity and... Um, yeah, Lara starts seeing these like orc-like creatures taking out uh, the henchmen um, that are roaming about. And these orc things are pretty cool, actually. Uh, to me, they were the most exciting thing about it. I thought they were, um, you, you know, and I like the way Uncharted does this as well, which is like the supernatural kind of side of it, but based in some weird reality, if that makes sense. It's so unreal, but then it pulls it back ever so slightly. So it comes right back into the realm of the 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 real again and that and that's kind of what it's doing here what it does do but yeah at that moment in time you're just seeing these like weird like orc like creatures running about pretty cool so lara then saves this random kid who's just wandering around whose mum is some rebel leader called um i think it's unu unulatu and excuse me again if i got that wrong i've written it down but i can't remember how to pronounce it so the cult that unulatu is rebelling against is led by pedro the bad guy um, and I think he's called a different name here, but I'm going to keep calling him Pedro because I quite like the idea that the main bad guy is called Pedro. So they seemingly worship this godlike creature, basically, that this dagger and box are supposed to summon. Apparently, Trinity uh, um, took him when he was he was young, this Pedro guy, right? And his whole life's purpose has been to unleash this power. That's all he's been told to do. So Lara goes in search for the box, this silver box. And she, when she finds it, she actually finds it missing. It's not there. So they try and get it back from Trinity, whom they think have nicked it, right? And Unuratu is captured. So we then find, we find out that these orcs are actually humans whose purpose is to protect the box. So, uh, yeah, so fine. So Lara then sees Pedro and Unuratu talking and he says that, um, you know, this Trinity guy uh, actually got the box. So he found it and he hid it during the Spanish conquest of the Americas. And it was ages ago. And, you know, oh God, how are we going to find it kind of thing? Um, so that's where, that's where it's been. So Lara breaks the Naruto out. There's this cool sequence where they're basically sacrificing people on, um, I go to say this tower. I don't mean the tower, but this... Um, uh, like a pyramid-esque looking thing. And it reminded me of Apocalypto, if, if you guys have seen that Mel Gibson movie, um, which is pretty cool, uh, that scene anyway. The whole film was like, eh, but still. So basically they find out that this power that Trinity seek won't stop the end of the world unless this god that they worship dies, right? Don't don't ask. I've, I don't know. This is, what that, this is what they've come up with. So Unaratu is shot and she dies. So her, her son is now being left to take her place. As Lara and Jonah move onto the next clue, Trinity attack and they're separated. Then there's this cool bit where she's told Jonah is dead, right? So Lara goes on this rampage, killing everyone without hesitation. And then find Jonah is actually alive. Oh, they're only kidding. Great. And I've just literally gone on this rampage and killed everyone. This, was, this bit was quite cool. I really enjoyed this bit because it felt like she was having basically a bit of a breakdown. I don't really know what led up to it apart from the fact that Jonah went missing or maybe she just had enough. So this is the shadow, right? This is the shadow of the Tomb Raider. She's becoming darker. Like, you know, she's realizing that things are like getting fucked up and all this stuff. Um, so as she's having this bit of the breakdown, um, I should mention that throughout the game, she's kind of having these 
um, flashbacks and they're actually like levels, interactive levels, literally stuff that you can play when you're her as a, as a child, basically. So she's kind of reminiscing about her family and her dad and all this and her mum as well, obviously. And though I'm not sure what direct influence we're supposed to take from this, um, it's interesting. I don't know if it's that she feels guilty, um, that she wants to live up to the Croft name, maybe. Um, and maybe maybe it's something else. I'm not sure. Maybe you guys know. So basically they figure out where the box is actually hidden and they go get it. Pedro comes and takes the box from her again, yawn, because they've taken Jonah again. Great. So same whole thing. Uh, she gets it and it gets taken off her. We find Pedro actually ordered the death of her father to prevent him revealing the hidden city to the world. So now it's personal. Now it's this thing, you know, she's got to avenge her father. So there's a bit of back and forth about using the power for good. And Pedro is like, it, it won't help the world uh, actually only help the hidden city. So whatever. And now, so now we're like, oh, right. Okay. You know, we thought it's going to help the world. He's not, it's only going to help this one particular part of the world, which is where he's from. Anyway, an earthquake happens and they're able to escape again. Great timing. So they head back to the hidden city and they see that a volcano is about to erupt and, so they decide they're going to stop this whole ritual from happening, right? So she gets the orcs on her side to help with this queen orc who looks fucking cool, by the way. And they all try and get through the volcanic stuff happening around them. And this is quite a cool little action sequence as you're jumping from things collapsing everywhere and all this. So she gets to Pedro, who's doing the ritual, and she manages to stop him. Uh, and he's the final boss, basically, in this point. And the power is transferred to her. Now... Um, I think we're then supposed to wonder if she's trying to resurrect her parents here because it's kind of like this bit with her parents or is or does she go back in time or something? I'm not sure. So she's then, either way, she's getting tempted by this power, right? But she says a final goodbye to her family, this very touching moment um, to essentially her youth, really. Like, that's it now. This is her becoming a woman and essentially forgetting her, putting away her childish things, as it were. And she's basically stabbed as this godlike being. So she's actually become a god, really, if you want to... You know, cut to the crux of it and everyone lives happily ever after right so it seemed that lara is now not going on about solving and uncovering mysteries but she's now trying to keep them hidden so she's learnt something hasn't she she's learnt it so there's an element of the white savior here but ultimately she's actually partly the bad guy she becomes aware that she keeps going in and messing about with the artifacts of all these ancient cultures you know and oh, who knows maybe it's a metaphor for um the West constantly invading, you know, the East and the cultures there and, you know, making things worse. Um, maybe, or maybe not. So yeah, by doing this anyway, she's basically kind of, she almost set about the end of the world, but she became a God and it was okay. Whatever. So it's not that she saved the day. It's more that she put right what she did wrong, let's say. Um, so maybe there's a lot of symbolism here that I didn't get. Uh, there's, there's these jaguars keep turning up. She has these personal one-on-one -on -one fights with jaguars as if she's now become an animal, if she's one with nature. Um, I don't really get it, but okay. Um, apparently a lot of research went into the Mayan and Incan cultures so that it was as accurate as possible. And you can kind of see that. And, you know, overall the game got a positive response. It sold over 4 million copies and the Xbox version on Metacritic got an 82 and generally did very well. Um, I did enjoy it. I did get a little bit bored of it by the end. The boss sequence um, was a little tough, but it was just the right amount of tough. And I actually um, 
used just I had I saved basically all my ammo so I just went out balls out basically and you know just shot everyone I could and I remember from the previous two games I was really reliant on the bow and arrow and I liked that stealth element to it and it just felt like there wasn't that much of that it was much more puzzles there was a fair bit of story but I don't think the story was that particularly great and there was just a lot of climbing and the climbing stuff is not my favorite stuff um I don't mind it when it's showing off a Vista or you're trying to work out how to get from A to B and all this. But, you know, when after a while, like it just gets to a point where sometimes you walk in, there's a temple and you can see all the, you know, ropes or things that you have to do that you're about to do and where you're about to go. And you're just like, can I be bothered? Um, And the answer is usually no. Uh, But, you know, any kind of side tombs, I think I probably did about three or four side tombs. I just couldn't be asked for the life of me. Um, But, if you like that and that was more your thing, then go for it. I th- the whole DLC is more hidden tombs, I believe. You get this, you know, you can download extra outfits, whatever, and all this stuff. They give you special things. Fine. But most of it's puzzle tombs. And again, stuff with the outfits. It's pretty cool that you can get like the old school Lara Croft look and all this. And if you hunt animals, you trade stuff, you craft stuff. And you can like upgrade stuff that you can do. I touched upon that a little bit, but again, I felt like it felt more of an afterthought. And I just remember from the previous games, just having more stake in the game with that stuff. I wanted to go out like, you know, Far Cry style. I wanted to go out and craft stuff and get better. And, you know, the experience points, again, you kind of, it's all like interlinked and you use your skill points to do whatever. And I remember in the previous two games, I had got everything basically this time around I didn't get everything I didn't really want everything um and that's mainly because most of it was to do with you know well it wasn't most of it to do with fighting but a lot of it was and there wasn't that many fights and also it's like crafting um special uh sources or whatever drinks and potions they use that give you certain abilities I never used one I didn't use one throughout the whole thing and I didn't craft one either but I had I was maxed out on materials and I was like I don't really know what I'm getting um and there were a lot of little secrets and a lot of things I kind of picked up and I I did kind of venture out to do little side quests and stuff like that but I just wasn't that bothered and I was playing it going they really I really would have liked them to have mixed up a little bit so I'm interested in where Tomb Raider goes on next but I have to say I doubt it's going to be anything mind-blowing I think you know I think maybe take a step back from it or look at what you know gameplay does next that you could do i don't like looking at jedi fallen order and stuff like that and obviously i'm a big it's not obvious but to people who don't know i'm a big dark souls fan maybe take a step in that direction and i know every game does it and they've done it like a hundred times but i think that uncharted gameplay style was great for that time and bear in mind we've had four uncharted now and even the fourth one i was like we don't really need it do we and if this had come out when like uncharted two or three had come out i'd be like this is great. This is kind of what we're, everyone's playing. This is what's popular right now and it works. But I feel like we're kind of done with that and it's kind of evolved a little bit. Um, and it was still, graphics were good. It was still enjoyable to a degree, but I have to say it wasn't amazing. If I had to give it an out of 10 rating, I would say a solid seven. Um, and I don't really give ratings, do I? But I think it is a seven is nice. Um, and yeah, I would say graphically, it's an eight or a nine. And so if that's your thing, then great for me. Overall, seven. So yeah. Um, 
so that's it. So uh, please uh, go to patreon.com slash a new winter, A-N-E-W-W-I-N-T-E-R and sign up there. There's an exclusive podcast there. Um, for you guys that don't know, I'm on, uh, I've just guested on a uh, podcast called Japan on Film, whereby um, we talked about Ring and uh, the 99 1999 version and the 2002 version and we had a chat about how that compares it's about two hours long we really went into it and uh you know maybe i'll be doing something um to do with that later on as well but have a listen to that and i hope you enjoy it twitter at a new winter instagram a new winter we're also now on twitch at a new winter and i'm actually streaming this live now so people can watch it as i'm doing it um which is you know good for you uh, and you can email us at newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. And thank you. Goodbye. And you winter culture. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.